here is singer-songwriter, broadcaster, audio-video artist, entertainment agent, and your host for the Dharmic Evolution. It's the master storyteller himself, James Kevin O'Connor. I'm glad to be back again with you on the Dharmic Evolution. Hey, everybody. Thanks again for stopping by to check out what's happening this week. And uh, if you're digging the show, please go over to dharmicevolution.com and click on your favorite platform, whether it's Spotify, Pandora, or uh, Stitcher Radio, or whatever you like, Apple Podcasts. And this way, every Friday morning, the show comes right to your phone with you just doing nothing. Isn't that cool? There's so much to talk about today, so I think we'll call this one... um, I'm just going back and forth about what I should title this. Probably Peace and Love. I think we're due for uh, a shot of that. Um, But that's the song I'll play on the outro because I think we need that right now. So we've been through a pandemic and uh, we continue to move through this pandemic. And I'm a little worried about this thing now because everybody is, hey, we're opening up and it, it feels good on the surface. But I am worried about um, all of these uh, demonstrations with people just going out unprotected and, you know, close proximity. We may have have another flare up. On top of that, we've had uh, a police murder um, in uh, Minneapolis. Everybody's heard about George Floyd. So tragically killed. Uh, I want to talk about that. I want to talk about um, this special um, preacher that I want to introduce to you guys. And I got this from my brother. He sent me down this, um, I guess it was a blog or a a newspaper article put out by Tom Bergeron. And Tom just published this article titled, Race Relationship Expert, Renowned Pastor Soares Puts Weeks Events in Proper Perspective. And this was just put out um, last week. And it turns out, that this is my pastor (laughs) when I'm in New Jersey. And um, I want to get into uh, a little bit of what uh, the Reverend talked about and his voice of calm and reason in a complete um, cyclone or hurricane of uh, pain and pandemic and murder. And, you know, we have a problem with the police department And how do we resolve these things? And he has some real words of wisdom on that. So let's get into it. So as stated earlier, my brother Andy sent me down this article from Tom. And let me tell you a little bit about my uh, history with um, Pastor Soares at the First Baptist Church of Lincoln Gardens in Franklin Township, New Jersey. So I got connected to uh, that church about three years ago. And um, I hadn't been to church in a long time, and the Lord kind of put it in my heart to uh, get back there. But I want you to go someplace different. I want you to go someplace um, with a lot of really cool music. And so this is what I felt, and I started my journey looking for a place, and the first place I came to was about 45 minutes away from me at the time because I was living in uh, central Jersey. So it was a little bit of a ride. But um, the first time I went there, I I was just very just blown away by 
first and foremost, when I walked in, I was probably the 1% of uh, white people that were in the church. And this church is big. It's like, I don't know, they must hold close to a thousand maybe. Uh, it's a really, it's a, it's a beautiful place. And it is um, set up for music like you can't believe. They've got catwalks up top with the lighting and a great sound system. And the talent is so deep and so stellar. I mean, any one of these people could get up and uh, win the voice like immediately. <laughs> the, the, the choir, the musicians on stage. And then, um, of course, there is uh, Pastor Soares, who kind of is the head, is the captain of the ship, if you will. And um, I really became very um, just enamored with his his way of thinking, his personality. And by the way, he's not only so good at so many things, but as an orator, as a preacher, as a speaker, and as an entertainer, he could hold his own with any of the top stand-up comedians that are playing stages all across this country. He is so good. He's got, he's got an amazing quick wit. His humor is incredible. And the way he ties the parables and stories together to get to the content of whatever scripture he happens to be presenting on that particular day is uh, is so very engaging. It's so well thought out and so well crafted that he does this with such a unique twist of story, of um, of content, and of humor. You know, all wrapped into one, and he really gets to the to the point of what he's trying to convey. Like, what is Jesus trying to tell us on this particular day of the week? And uh, Pastor Soares has a very unique um, way and a very beautiful way of, you know, having you leave that church with something in your heart that you didn't have when you first walked in. And that, I, I felt, was uh, so compelling. And me being raised as, um, you know, a very white Catholic church upbringing, I was an altar boy and all that, so I was away from church for a long time. But when I went there, I never felt um, so at home and so welcomed uh, in my life. You know, going in this complete stranger and um, just being welcomed with open arms like pretty much everybody I ran into and talked to was, uh, you know, really, really kind and compassionate and very, very welcoming. They weren't just being nice. They were being sincere. So I ended up getting baptized at the First Baptist uh, Church of Lincoln Gardens and made some friends down there. And uh, it was a really rewarding experience. I wanted to do the real thing. I went to uh, the whole educational process that they uh, lay out beforehand. You don't just go and say, hey, I'm here to get baptized. You you have to go for some um, some training, I guess you would call it. And you, know, you meet in a classroom and you study and you find out what it is exactly that you are going to be um, doing on the day that you get baptized. Like, what's it all about? And what's the preparation for it? So I felt like I really found a home at this church and felt like it was probably a combination of 
the right time for me and had the right level of maturity to accept something so different. But I felt like I was home. You know, I was among these amazing musicians and um, just completely in awe of the talent that comes to perform in worship. So I found out all about stretching, stretching my uh, my uh, abilities, I guess, as a singer-songwriter. By uh, Sunday morning, I'm in there singing my heart out, you know, and uh, clapping hands and doing the whole thing. And it, it was, you know, it's just an amazing experience. So let's get into a little bit about um, Pastor Sori's, uh, represented by Tom Bergeron, as I said at the outset. And I just want to read some of the things, you know, so you get to know who this man is because um, he's pretty incredible. Top leaders always have been interested in what Reverend Dr. DeForest Buster Sores has to say. It's one of the reasons why Christy Whitman selected him to be the first African-American Secretary of State in New Jersey, and why Coretic Scott King selected him to be a keynote speaker at a Martin Luther King celebration, and why Speaker of the House Paul Ryan asked him to speak to a bipartisan committee in Congress following Freddie Gray's death in police custody in Baltimore. And of course, it's why so many for so many years have traveled to the First Baptist Church of Lincoln Gardens in Franklin Township, where he has served as pastor for three decades. So as we neared the end of a tumultuous week in this country, we went looking for someone to provide perspective on the events that have followed the death, death of George Floyd during an arrest in Minneapolis. We caught up with Soares. We weren't disappointed. Reverend Soares explained why he thought this incident of police brutality has struck a greater chord than others. He compared it to a civil rights era event. Why he feels it's important to copy what's working rather than criticize what isn't. Wait until you hear about what they do in Las Vegas and what the state and the country need to do to capitalize on this moment. It's all about relationships, among other things. Like so many before us, we realize the best thing is to just let Reverend Soares talk. Here goes. On why this case has captivated the nation. It obviously has lit a spark. I think it has been for many people what the 1963 Birmingham, Alabama televised atrocities were to that generation. The civil rights movement had really a pivotal moment when Birmingham Commissioner of Public Safety Bill Connor unleashed the fire hoses and the dogs on black protesters on national television. I think this issue of police using excessive force disproportionately toward African Americans went to a different level of credibility when they watched this police officer with his knee on George Floyd. The polls indicate that twice as many whites now believe that blacks suffer disproportionately. You know, the little sidebar, this reminds me of, um, you know, this can't be a, an indictment on the entire police force, and, and nor do I think uh, Reverend Soares is, is even, you know, intimating that at all. But it reminds me of the Catholic Church, you know, with the priests, the problem they had. Maybe they still have it. It's like, well, we just, you got a problem with this guy, we send him over to another diocese, or it's two states away, or three states away, or to another country, and then he repeats the same thing where he's, uh, you know, he's doing things to young boys that he that is just a horror show. And I think the police have sort of the same type of problem. 
I think most of the men and women who serve, um, no matter what color they are, are really good, fine uh, police officers, but there's a vetting out process, I think, that has to happen, whether it's training or it's um, somewhere at the top, something has to shift. You can't have a guy who did that to George Floyd. There was something wrong with this man. You mean to tell me the entire time he didn't know he was killing this man? I mean, what kind of person is this? It's it's a very sick thing. And um, I understand he had like nine complaints over the last year. I saw something on the news about that. So that should have been a red flag right there. What is this man doing with a badge? He just brings down... Um, you know, the level of uh, professionalism and the, the good name of all of the other good officers and uh, people that are out there serving. So let me continue with um, uh, Reverend Stories. On emulating success, the way you solve problems is by studying success. Right now, we spend almost all of our efforts and resources on studying what went wrong. And while that's important, we need to figure out what's going right. And when you study what's going right, when you see the kind of police community relations that have produced phenomenal results, whether it's incidental or whether it's institutional, you can dissect that, exact the principles, put it into some kind of training format, and incentivize cities to replicate it. If you want to build a good school, you don't go to failing schools, you go to model schools. If you got a school in the middle of the ghetto that's graduating 98% of their kids, you want to study that and see how much of that you can spread. And this is where I think uh, Reverend Soares is so brilliant. It reminds me of uh, something Tony Robbins taught me like 20 years ago. If, you want, um, if you're not getting the answers that you want from something, ask better questions. And it's kind of the same thing that he does here. He's looking for, you know, success, clues of success, uh, you, know, you know, a simple but brilliant strategy. Okay, next, on where it's working. There are examples everywhere. Just last Tuesday in Fayetteville, North Carolina, there were protesters marching down the highway, about to be cut off by police marching toward them. And when the police got about 10 yards away from the protesters, the police took a knee before the protesters. The protesters were so shocked they knelt down too. And after a few moments, they all came together. Someone ought to go and talk to the police. What was the process that led to this? How did the police make that decision? Who said what to whom? Let's find out. In Las Vegas, we've got a group of ex-convicts that are being mentored by the officers that arrested them and sent them to jail. When they come out, the officers become their mentors. In Flint, Michigan, leaders are walking with protesters. In Flint, Michigan? If you want to be black and mad, Go live in Flint, Michigan and drink that nasty water. And they have peace. That needs to be studied. You see why I like this pastor? He's not just pointing fingers and doing the blame thing. He is going through the discovery process. Next one is on going beyond the rhetoric. I think the country, with all of this new awareness and concern and commitment to justice, needs to identify what it looks like. What does success look like after you do the platitudes and the commitments and the kumbaya? What concretely does justice look like? I think that's where you start. It's an opportunity for change, and I think that can only begin with being able to clearly identify and define what success looks like.
Next piece on working with law enforcement fairly. There's some practical things you do. For instance, in New Jersey today, a police officer can be fired for misconduct and go over to the next town and get a job. There needs to be some kind of database to prevent this. But you have to ensure that the playing field is level two. You have to ensure that you're being fair to law enforcement because law enforcement is one of those damned if you do, damned if you don't jobs. We have to protect the people who are protecting us and not go so far to the other side. Then you can't re recruit anybody to do the job. And boy, do I agree with that. I mean, you know, it's been said by so many of us, like who would want the job of being a police officer? It is a, it is just not a fun gig. I mean, for the most part, it's a hard, hard job. So hats off to you guys. Next one is on trust and relationships. There's no training, there's no money, there's no program that's a substitute for relationships because people are going to do dumb things, period. You can have an absolute pristine department and there's going to be some police officer who's going to think a guy has a gun and shoot him, period. What the relationship does is it protects you from an assumption that can't be countered by the benefit of the doubt. In Franklin, we've had incidents between blacks and the police but we've never had an uprising because we have relationships. I can pick up the phone and call the mayor of New Brunswick and say, one of my members says, you have a cop that's crazy. And because we have a relationship, he will say to me, I believe you and I'll look into it. And I'll also pick up the phone and say, there's some people coming to see you. They're black, they're angry, and they're crazy. They're going to mention my name, but I don't take them seriously, and you shouldn't either. The final word. Relationships are the only way to protect us from knee-jerk reactions every time somebody loses their temper or is suspicious of somebody else. The relationship doesn't prevent bad things from happening. The relationship prevents an explosion in response to the bad things that happen. It needs to be a genuine relationship where people are willing to listen to each other and allow others to teach them what they don't know. At the end of the day, if we're going to win anything in the human space, the foundation of that victory has to be relationship. Some sound advice from Reverend Soris. Thank you so much. And also Tom Bergeron. Thank you so much for the article that you uh, posted about the Reverend. That was, uh, that was just a real treat. So how do you handle your relationships, whether they be your very, very close personal ones or just superficial ones in day-to-day -day interactions with people? Do you recognize a person for the special person they are? Do you see the light in them? Do you see the darkness in them? Shouldn't matter of race, ethnicity, uh, religious persuasion, it should be a recognition of something good or if it's not good you just move on to the next person that is good you know in my past i've had a couple of uh really good relationships with um women of color uh one being a biracial lady uh who was who was amazing and another one being um an african woman she was from eritrea 
which is uh, between, I believe, Ethiopia and Somalia, I think. Um, anyway, it's right on the Red Sea, tiny little country. But um, this woman had said to me one time, she said, the reason I found you attractive is because you're colorblind. And I started to think about it one day, and I said, I wonder where that came from. And it occurred to me it was probably uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Because um, things that he said, you know, his, uh, his speeches, his whole paradigm of thinking about the world, it just made sense to me. And, um, you know, do not judge a man or a woman by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. And I guess unconsciously, I tried to live that way um, and still do to this day. And, um, you know, I'm engaged right now to this fabulous woman and she happens to be white. But if she was black, I'd be I'd be with her. I, I would have proposed to her anyway, because the content of her character, it's the light inside her that's so beautiful, uh, amongst other things. And so I think it's good to read the words and listen to the speeches and say, oh, isn't this great? But it's another thing to practice uh, the finer things that we learn from others. So uh, I, I so admired Dr. King's approach to peace and love in the world. And although we live in a fallen world, there's another man I admire. And I want to share um, just this little passage here that comes from a book written by Sarah Young. And it's called Jesus Calling. And uh, there's, a, there's a little passage of words of wisdom for every single day of the year. So I've been reading this for about two and a half years now. Every day, I never start my day without it. So I want to just share this piece with you because I think it pertains to peace and love is what we're talking about today. Seek to live in my love, which covers a multitude of sins, both yours and others. Wear my love like a cloak of light, covering you from head to toe. Have no fear, for perfect love decimates fear. Look at other people through lenses of love. See them from my perspective. This is how you walk in the light, and it pleases me. I want my body of believers to be radiant with the light of my presence. How I grieve when pockets of darkness increasingly dim the love light. Return to me, your first love. Gaze at me in the splendor of holiness, and my love will once again envelop you in light. So I'm going to close out with that, and I'm just going to wish blessings on all of you folks that are listening. Uh, the pandemic, please be safe. Uh, please, if you're, if you're sick, get healthy quickly. Do all the things you need to do, and, um, you know, I'll say a prayer for you. And um, until the next time, when we meet again, I'll either see you on the socials, I'll see you from the stage, but right now, it's time for Peace and Love. Had a pretty good time Back in 1969 I was a little too young for Woodstock So I visit often now 
tie-dye shirts and crimson cows in love It just two words changed everyone Turned a lot of heads down in Washington You can't fight free will with a bigger gun Hey, what's all this crap about peace and love? Don't you know I'm in the middle of a re-election? Yeah, peace and love Hey, it's easy, man You don't need to have a plan It's in the Holy Bible and Koran Yeah, far out, man I like living with the Crucian's hand A little taste of living off the land Is such an easy thing to understand When East meets West there step for man One giant leap for mankind Flower power hell no we won't go While the jungle bleeds red with teenage dead What the hell we doing playing giant steps on the moon Yeah peace and love It's easy man You don't need to have a plan it's in the Holy Bible and Koran Yeah, far out man I like living with the Crucian tan A little taste of living off the land It's such an easy thing to understand When East meets West there My hand out connect to you Yeah, brother to brother Just twin reflections of one another Could we take a chance And say Could we take a chance And say namaste In namaste Stand will be